Yes, you lovely people. If you're not already, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify. All day, every day, all the lads wanted to do was play table tennis. It consumed them. So much so that players weren't doing gym work, yeah? Late for training. He saw it after coming in and he was like, not having this. Took it out to one of the pitches and set fire to it. No. <laughs> Burnt the thing. No. Now's the time to start getting on the bench press, the biceps, the shoulders. I was like, what would you do on a bench press then, for example? And he went, oh, I don't know, like 140 kilo or something? Mate. At Watford, we paid £100 a month. Um, what for food? For food. Which, food. which ain't that bad, to be fair. If the food's not up to scratch or appealing enough or enjoyable enough, there's McDonald's round the corner. <laughs> Aurelio Gomez came in one one day, right? And he stood on the scales. He was five kilograms heavier than what he was yesterday. That's a good meal, isn't it? He was at Lucas Mora's house and he had a pizza night. I don't think we've spoke about this on the Fozcast. No, we haven't. How big a thing is that? That is the currency of football. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fozcast. We have got a banging episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the day in the life of a footballer. I am talking everything from the moment that player walks in through the doors to the moment he leaves and everything in between and maybe even a little bit more as well. I am joined by friend of the show, Tubesy Boy. How are you, big dog? Good, my friend, you. Lovely jubbly. Uh, Rhino Legs Tom, how are we, mate? Brilliant, mate. World class. Looking forward to this one? Yeah. Looking forward to this one. Good and to I be back, isn't it? Love it having tubes it. on, mate. It's always, all the ones with tubes are always the easiest, best doddle ones to do, aren't they? We oh. just have a laugh, chat an absolute load of gumph. <laughs> Sweet as a nut. They do. <laughs> who've, who've you had on the uh, the golf channel, Golf Life? Uh, we filmed with um, a legend last week, a rugby legend, Brian O'Driscoll. Oh, oh nice. Oh. Bod? Mate, In Bod we trust. In Bod we trust. What a hero. Yeah, was he? Any good what at golf? A hero. Unbelievable. Was he? Is yeah, he? And we played in Ireland as well. Oh, the course was a joke. It's coming out this Sunday. We we need to get we need to get on the channel, Tom, because we've been playing a bit of golf lately, haven't we? We have. We've been stepping it up a bit, tubes. I've got my new tailor made clubs through. Yeah. Oh, they're they're hitting, mate. They're hitting. I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm so buzzing you two are into it. Yeah, oh. no, no, no. We'll do a Fozcast. The more we work together, the more we're going to play golf together. Fozcast versus Tubes and Ange Golf Life. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, bring it. We'll Come put on. money on this. The only problem yes. is that we have to play on the same team, Ben, which is a bit of a problem, isn't it? No, it's all right. We can, we can unite for a few hours. Okay, we can do that. All right, come on, let's get into it. Stop beating around the frigging bush, yeah? Um, day in the life of a Premier League footballer. Where do we start, Tomasi? T- Timings. Okay, so... What time in your various clubs, what time do you start training? Okay, um, we normally start training, I'd say, at about 11 o'clock. The, 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 general, the general start time is 11 o'clock, yeah? Um, most players try and get in for an hour before you're supposed to start training. That's when, that's like the minimum, yeah? The minimum is an hour. Is that before. expected? Yeah, that's, ex- no, that's, that's the rules. <laughs> oh, okay. So if you, if you are not in an hour before training is due to start, you're going to get fined, yeah? So training might start at different times depending on training load and you might have had a game the day before or whatever and you'll all get text. Everybody will get a text message from from like the medical staff or whatever to say, guys, we're in at this time tomorrow morning, yeah? So there's never any excuse, yeah? There can't ever be an excuse for not knowing what time you're going to be in. So training starts at 11. Minimum you've got to be in is 10. I'd get in for about... Nine o'clock ish, right? I'd normally get in for about nine o'clock, um, and I would go and do my own stuff for a bit, which would normally be a bike session. Yeah, a lot of players would still get in for a nine o'clock, um, 
Some of them go and do gym work. Some of them just want to get in early, get out of the house, get away from the kids and <laughs> have a bit of breakfast and have a bit of breakfast, watch the telly, a bit of socialising, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of how it works. But um, if you're if you're later than an hour before training, you're getting fined, mate. You are getting fined because that the, the thinking is you need an hour basically to get all your stuff together to make sure you've got yourself prepared and warmed up, ready yeah. for training. Have you always done that, getting two hours before? Or is it when you got, like, got a bit older yeah, and you thought, I need yeah. a bit of a bike to I think it's a up. bit older. I think it's yeah. a bit a thing of a bit of older thing for me. Um, I, I just found that as I as I did get older, I was a lot stiffer. Honestly, I was oh, yeah, so yeah, much yeah. stiffer. So I had to do like a bike session or whatever. And maybe it'd only be half an hour, 40 minutes or whatever. But I had to do it just to loosen myself up. Because honestly, when you when you 37, 38, 39, and you're 93, 94 kilo, and you're chucking yourself on the floor. Tubesy boy, it hurts, <laughs> mate. Honestly, it absolutely friggin' kills. Yeah. Do you, Tubes, you go to a lot of football clubs. Have you heard any exceptions to the rule in terms of, like, start time? Um, have you ever been to a club where it's like we start training at 8 or, or anything like that? Not really, but I think there's, like, don't you have, like, warm-down days and stuff like yeah. that, which... Might start a bit later or yeah, something, yeah. So I've never really heard of a football club that starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Um, so when I do my interviews, they always say it's at 12.30, 1 o'clock. Okay, so after, after training. training. Yeah, after yeah. training, yeah. Okay. I, the, the, I remember West Brom a few years ago when um, when big um, Darren Moore was, was in charge. The day before a game, right, he would, he would train 24 hours before the game was going to start. So... So if the game was kicking off at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, his training session on the Friday would start at three o'clock because wow. he, he had this theory that your body, you can get your body used to starting at that time of day. Because when you, and it's, I, I, I do see some sort of merit in it actually, because if you yeah. think about it, you're training at 11 o'clock every single day, but you will only always ever play normally at about three o'clock or seven thirty at night. So yes. interesting. So it's really good point that. Yeah. So I, really I, like can, that. I can understand it a bit. Your to body's be programmed to switch on at eleven. Exactly. Not three. Not three o'clock. Yeah. So that's why he that's would do that, isn't it? Yeah. That's really fascinating. That it, it never used to go down very well because lads hated training at three o'clock in the afternoon. Honestly, because you are so set in the mode of um, eleven o'clock, you get it done. You you know what I mean. You got the rest of the day, all that kind of stuff. But the day before a game. A lot of clubs like to go to hotels and stuff as well. Do you know what I mean? So the yeah, day before yeah. a game, um, if, if Watford, for example, we, we would stay in a hotel night before a game, home or away. Home or away. So we'd finish training on the Friday afternoon and if it's an away game, we're all on to the coach about an hour later and we're heading down to wherever we've got to go. If we were at home, it would be meet at the hotel at seven o'clock that evening, ready for the ready to get prepared for the game. And what about, so just going back to like pre-training, so you're there before training, what kind of stuff are the lads doing? Bit of breakfast, a yeah. pool. What what else are people doing? Yeah, so you'd go into the canteen. So a lot of players. So say for example, you've you you're not doing any gym work. The first thing you want to do is go and get some breakfast. All right, the lads will walk into the canteen. That's where you have your Sky Sports news is on. All that kind of stuff. All the staff will be sat in there getting their breakfast, for example. Um, and at Watford, actually, the food was really really good. We had a we had a few chefs that would operate. So. We'd go in in the morning. It would be basically, mate, can I have um, two two poached eggs on toast? Something like that. Chefs would make it for you, give it to you straight away. Like we're talking within minutes. Like you'd say it, and about two minutes later, it's good to go. So what I would do, and I'd get in for about quarter to nine. I'd get in straight in, have some breakfast. Yeah, have a cup of coffee, double espresso, something like that. Um, that full English. 
Nah, God no. You ain't getting <laughs> no sausage or bacon. Exactly, absolutely. Yeah. You ain't getting with, no with a little uh, bacon bap chaser. Yeah. Oh yeah. mate, that would be heaven. <laughs> talk to us about the coffee then, because right, tubes, you love your coffee, right? Oh, mate, I'm now buzzing off it. I'm good. I've been into Watford Training Ground. I've used the coffee facilities, right? We were at Bristol Bears last week with Ellis Genge. Yeah. Legend. Legend. What a guy. What a guy. Right? The coffee situation at these rugby clubs, it's a step on. From Serious it. business. It is. A, so we walked in. Ellis, lovely guy. Do you want a coffee, lads? Yeah. Went over. And then he's like, what do you want? Flat white, double espresso. He goes, I've got this real nice drip filter, kind of like single origin. Oh, I'm going, oh, oh okay. Proper, proper, yeah. yeah. So I'm having this beautiful premium drip filter. That's that's not so prevalent in in footy, is it, Ben? No, rugby players are purveyors of premium coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They do not get that in the Watford canteen, mate. It is one of those Nespresso coffee machines. You stick a capsule in, yeah. mate. That will do me down to the ground. I do you know love what I mean? Nespresso. I'll have a couple. I'll have a double espresso. Boom. Yeah. Once I've nailed that, I am good to go. I've already got my Lycra on. I'll go and sit on the bike from that moment on. I'll do my bike session, whatever. A lot of the lads, though, just like to sit in the sit in the canteen and socialise. They like to talk about the football that might have been on last night. Something funny might be happening on our Sky Sports News. They'll sit there, watch that, have a nice little chill. But then, like I say, once you get to about about an hour before training, that's when you know you have to start sort of getting up and moving about and getting yourself prepared. So it might be going to get your boots out the steamer. It might be making sure your training kit is ready, good to go, all the gear that you need. And then normally about half an hour before training is due to start, you'd go to the gym. Everybody would be in the gym and you'd be doing, you'd go through basically a warm-up routine. And you just sorry, sorry to interrupt there, but you just mentioned the steamer. Yeah, I don't think we spoke about this on the Foscast. No, we haven't. Mason Mount told me about this steamer. Yeah, which completely new to me. Uh huh. You literally have a microwave for basically, football clips, yeah. don't you? Mate, it stinks as well. It's, it stinks this is so bad. You heard yeah. about this? It's, it's, well, when he said steamer, I thought they were on about Ben, but <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, good. Because Troy's <laughs> talked about it before, hasn't he? But yeah. like, what? Imagine like a giant kettle. Yeah, but it's like. A me- massive metal box and boiling water in the bottom of it, and then you've got a load of pegs at the top that you can hang your boots on. It's like all you can close it off. So once you've turned it on and it's like boiling away almost, the steam rises up, softens your boots so that your boots are soft and good to go for training. Does it you, clean them as well? Or? No, it doesn't clean them. No, it just sort of it just softens everything so you can get your boot in your foot into them and you're good to go for. You training. need some of them that's, for golf life. That's the mad. That does. I love stuff like that. I find yeah, it's you've got so think, intriguing. Though, but they, like they have this in the um, in the boot room. So in the boot rooms, a stinky place anyway. Right? Yeah. But the the these like boot steamers, they're a big sweaty mess of stinky football boots. So once the steam rises, the boot softens. But if there's any like crap in there from the day before, it drips off and it drips into the water. So you just walking around sniffing all these stinky feet and oh, it's horrible I mate. totally get that and it's all very well having it at training but you don't have a steamer before a match do you yeah we do same thing they take it to the match on the do Saturday they? oh yeah oh, for here sure. we go this is this yeah, is what yeah, the Foscast yeah. is all about oh heck yeah every every. <laughs> so you take the steamer like a portable yeah. steamer and then put it in the whether they room. take that one or whether they've got one at the, at the stadium whatever but every single football club will have a steamer did not know that they will take to match days and yeah. they will have in the changing rooms and players will wow. get them out Probably an hour before kickoff, and they'll put them onto their onto their feet. I've got a question for you then. Often good to go. Do the academy lads still clean the boots of the senior players? No, no, not anymore. Gone one of those days. Yeah, gone are those days. That's that's the way. That's that argument, isn't it? Like you, the YTS boys of today. 
Probably because they're on 10 bags a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. This is true, it's but they don't do it anymore. Yeah. They, don't, they, do it anymore. they don't really do anything. Like yeah. jobs and stuff like that, it's not a thing anymore. They don't really have any jobs. I remember even me as a, I only did Academy for like a, f- a few months, basically, but you had your jobs, whether it was cleaning the change rooms, yeah. cleaning boots, washing the balls, making the pump, sure they're pumped up before training, all that kind of stuff. You'd do something. But nowadays, no, they do not do anything like that. So the kit men will clean your boots. Some some players like to clean them themselves. I I would come off and give mine a quick blast because what they've got at Watford is they've got like you know you know at golf courses where they've got the air guns. Yeah, yeah. They've got them. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of but they've got these like clever ones where it's air guns but a little bit of water spray comes yeah, out. Like I mean, little jet. Ice. Yeah, I'm yeah. not even a jet. It is like a strong sprinkle, strong sprinkle mist. of water. A mist. mist. It's a mist. Yeah. It's that Steam fine mist. rain. Yeah. It's that fine rain. <laughs> Um, Here's one. Choose your big pals with um, Mark Nobleline. Yeah, here's a question for you: Is it true that he would sweep the away dressing room after every game? I think I don't know about Mark, but there is who's the main United legend that does that? I think I've heard. I can't remember. I heard Mark Noble I saw would a sweep picture the of Mark away changing. Yeah. I saw a picture of it. Yeah, it's quite common with like some, some of the old school players. Yeah, to do stuff it, like that. Pat Frost, yeah. um, who is the legend. England kit man, absolute legend, used to be the West Brom uh, kit man. He would never leave an away changing room until it is sparkling. Like he That's would, he, class, he would yeah. leave it basically as he found it, yeah. which is absolutely incredible. Because footballers are horrible messes of people, and they will <laughs> happily just chuck shit everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? They will. They'll chuck shit everywhere, mud everywhere, spitting, coughing, yeah. everything on the floor. Pat Frost would make sure it was as good as what he was when he I found love it. That. That's brilliant. Really and good. Just going back to the that. gym work. Yeah. So you're getting twenty, twenty five lads in the gym. Yeah. It must get competitive in there. So if you're starting on a bench press or something, you can't tell me that it doesn't get a bit feisty. Okay, so this is this is what happens after training, all right? The warm-up, you get you basically get the whole squad together for the warm-up and you are going for a warm-up routine and that's it. And it's like you'll follow the fitness instructor or the fitness coach or whatever and he will be going, right, lads, we've got like a little tiny gym circuit this morning. It's like a bit of core, a bit of like squats a bit of the, nothing major nothing heavy or anything it's basically just to activate your muscles and that's kind of thing what it is everybody goes through it and i mean everybody goes through the motions as well because it's really boring right. but it's just to get you moving so that you're good to go for when you're outside um the bit where it gets competitive in the gym is it will either be before that hour before training or after training and when they get in the gym and it always normally happens around sort of like March, April time, yeah? You get it every single year. March, April time starts to come round. The sun starts to come out a little bit. People can smell their summer holidays, yeah? They can smell them. <laughs> which so, you way, know, when, when the people beach, say they're, they're on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. They can smell it. They can smell it. It's a few months away now. Now's the time to start getting on the bench press, the biceps, the shoulders. Start preening yourself, ready to look good on the beach, yeah? So this is when it starts to get really competitive and... You'll have you'll have little gym schools of like three or four lads and um, little groups and stuff going off doing their cores and stuff like that to get their abs and six pack all chiselled and stuff. But then you'll get for sure the big lads love doing the bench. Who are the big boys? Centre halves, big ugly centre half, surely. Troy um, Deeney, surely. Nah, everybody, everybody. Centre halves normally it's not them. Normally it's the strikers and the wingers yeah. and the midfielders because their egos. Oh, okay. They want to look a million dollars. You know what I mean? They need that. They haven't got the personality, so they need to look a certain <laughs> So, well, all right then. So you mentioned Troy there. 
strongest player in the gym you've ever gotta played with? Troy, oh, Troy, got to yeah. be Troy. Got to be Troy. We did, oh, sorry, just going back to that Ellis Genge uh, documentary, uh, sorry, interview oh. we did the other day. Um, we, we went down into the gym at Bristol Bears and their gym is phenomenal, by the way. Just Not whole cardio that, equipment inside. Their, their whole training ground, in fairness, yeah. their whole training ground was a joke. It was, it, was better than, it was better than most Premier League teams. Honestly, wow. it was incredible. Um, but we went down to the bench press machine, the Smith machine and stuff, and I went, all right, does it get a bit competitive? And he was like, yeah, it gets a bit competitive. I was like, what would you do on a bench press then, for example? And he went, oh, I don't know, like maximum, I'm not really sure. And I went, why, all right, try and do like five or six reps. And he went, oh, no, about 140 kilo or something. Mate, Hunt, mate, we're, we're racking up these 20s. And he's just, yeah, and another one, and another one. And he's just pumping them out, like five or six reps, like it ain't even no thing, mate. That, the, the level is different. But he, he was saying, even he was saying, like the, the amount of gym work rugby players do, he says it's, it's basically half and half. He says, so you imagine if we're training for an hour and a half yeah. out on the pitch, we'll train for an hour and a half in the gym every single day doing something different. He says it's just as important as a rugby for rugby players. Have you ever seen someone get injured in the competition? Like, I can do this bench press. I'll, I'll ping, it's gone. Oh, Have you ever you know seen what? I've never, get... I've never seen anybody do it, but one of the, one of the famous stories is, um, is Arsenal. So Wojciech Chesney, Chesney, yeah. Yeah. yeah? You remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, plays with Juve now, actually. Yeah, um, I remember somebody telling me back in the day that when he signed for Arsenal, he was still a young kid, maybe about 18, 19 or whatever, and everybody knows that Chesney's a bit of a character anyway. He's a bit of, you know what I mean? He likes to mess about and he's yeah, a yeah. funny guy and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he was in the gym at Arsenal. He didn't have any trainers on. He just had socks on. So it's a bit slippy. They've got like a wooden floor or whatever. And everybody knows in the gym, you put your trainers on. Yeah, you yeah. could drop a weight. You could do anything. It'll be a nightmare. You're breaking bones and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, he's messing about. He slipped over and he's broke both wrists. Broke Ooh. both of his wrists. Yeah. And this is at a time when everybody knows he's a good goalie and he's pushing on. I think it's setting back the best part of a year or whatever. But that Jeez. that is, yeah, that's the, one of the things I've heard from messing about in the gym is him busting b- both wrists Whoa, by slipping over. And what, Silly bugger. And what about, um, so obviously you did a lot of cycling at Watford and West Brom. You kind of got the lads into a bit of cycling, didn't you? And yeah. you had the like the tax or the watt bikes. Yeah. Um, and what kind of competitions would go down on them? This is the thing. You could introduce a competition for anything, dudes, <laughs> yeah? In a gym, right? Football in general, you could introduce a competition. And because everybody is so like-minded, Mentality. I'll have a bit of that. Yeah. I'll have a bit of that. You want money on it? Yeah. We'll have a bit of that. I'll have that for sure. So I... Everybody knows I'm I am ridiculously competitive, like I'm stupid. Yeah. But when it comes to the bike, I like to pride myself on thinking I'm one of the best in the team. Most of the time I am because I'm the only one that really does any cycling. But when it comes to certain like tests you can do, like max power or like go as fast as you can for a minute or something like that, there's a chance that some of the lads are going to beat you because they might be bigger, they might be stronger, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we set up a, uh, a what bike sort of like minute fast as you can to do a kilometre. Um, you'd do a max power test, all that kind of stuff. Troy Deeney just beasted all of them, mate. He absolutely Serious, beasted yeah? all of them. Anything a bit more long long distance or endurance, I would win for sure. Yeah. But it wasn't just me and Troy that was doing it. We would get five or six or seven of the lads doing it on a daily basis where they'll try and beat their high max score and all that kind of stuff. Because if you're doing a max power test, it takes 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. You're literally just gripping on for dear life, putting it into a high gear and you are gurning the life out of it. Aren't <laughs> yeah. You? And giving it everything. And for a bit of perspective, your max power is what? About 1700. Yeah. 1750. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Which is good. Yeah. That, that's oh, it's that's good, yeah. strong. It's good, that's yeah. really strong. Yeah. Um, 
that's like pro level cyclist strong. Right? Yeah, but yeah, obviously yeah. that's just for Tro- a sprint. Troy Deeney, Troy Deeney got a two thousand something. Yeah, two thousand and fifty or something. Yeah, yeah which is that, that's ridiculous. That's You're getting really into good. like yeah. track kind of uh, cyclist territory. And again, when we're walking through Bristol the other day, I've noticed all these bikes lined up and knowing kind of the power of these rugby boys. So I said to Alice, I said, um, what's, what's your kind of max power on that? And he went, yeah, I can touch 2,200, oh, which is Jesus. like, I know that like some cyclists listen to this and stuff. That is sickening. That's okay. a lot of That's power. like yeah. kind of um, Chris Hoy type. That is, yeah, I think Chris Hoy is up near 3,000 to be perfect. But it's still, it's an outrageously strong, powerful guy if you're hitting those kind of numbers. But, is this is this any of this monitored though? Is it like you know you're saying all like getting ready for the summer and stuff like that? Does that the physio ever come in and go? You're actually too big. The physio, you're, you're too so, muscly. So this is this is where you have to be a little bit sort of like this is what I'm saying. You have to do it before that hour. If you're going to do stuff like that, you have to do it before that hour. And you can get away with it, but you can get to a point where a physio or somebody in the gym will have to say a gym instructor, for example, will say. Mate, you need to lay off it a little bit. You need to lay off it a little bit. You're doing too much, and I can tell you're too sort of stiff upper body wise. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, it happened to me once actually. I remember when I when I was at West Brom, I did my cruise shirt, my knee. Right, yeah. I was out for nine months. Long, long rehab. It's miserable, mate. Honestly, you're just in the gym all the time. It is so miserable. Um, but you 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 get into a mode of just doing weights because that's all you could do. I, I still couldn't do any cardio, no CV, no nothing like that. The amount of things I could do with my knee were very limited anyway. So you end up just doing like bench press or biceps or yeah. shoulders and you do it. End up looking every, like Popeye. Yeah. yeah, and then you do it every single day. But then you notice after like about a week or two, oh, actually, it looks all right, this does that's to be there. Yeah. Mate, and then it gets the little bug and then you get the bug for it and you're just like, I'm going to keep nailing this. <laughs> so you make a point of every day just nailing So it. what happened with you then? So like, exactly that. I just got too big. I remember like I was, I got to a point where I was probably... Struggling to get through doorways. Yeah, no, no, I was, <laughs> mate. I had to go sideways, weren't I? I was massive. <laughs> I was massive. Uh, but no, like you, you get to the point where you're like, about maybe two months away from being able to play again. That's the time when you start training, real light training. And as a goalie, if you're too big upper body, yeah. it, it's a problem you can tell really. So I remember I'd done all these weights. So I'd got really sort of strong and upper, like you could tell, like it, it was decent kind of thing. But then you go outside and you're trying to catch balls and you're diving around and you just think, wow, this is a lot of excess weight that I really it's don't heavy, need, yeah, yeah. especially as I'm recovering from a knee injury. That but more pressure, exactly, on more pressure, more weight, more force going through it. It was like, right, that's it. So as soon as you get back out on the grass again, you have to stop. Did someone have to? Did you realise that yourself, or did someone say, right, Ben, enough? Yeah, I think um, somebody had to say it. One of the, the gym instructors had to say, listen, you can't do it anymore. You, you're too big now. And I knew it anyway, but yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing look, look, yeah. it. So I was like. I ain't going to do it until somebody tells me to stop, all right? But it was eventually you get to that point where it's like, listen, mate, you're just too big now. You've got to stop. But the difference is, though, when you're at that level of athlete, like, like I'm not being punished, it's me and you go to the gym and do three weeks of hard work. It's neither here nor there. But because they're already in such yeah. prime shape, like I've seen it with you. Like, it doesn't take long. Like you said, it's, it might be 10 days or two yeah, weeks yeah. before you start going. I said, you're fucking towards the end of last season. I was like, Mate, your shoulders look big towards the end of last season. Do you remember a few years back when Peter Check was still playing and he came back from pre-season? We'll, we'll stick a picture, if you're watching this, by the way, on Spotify or YouTube, we'll stick a picture on the uh, on the screen now. Peter Check came back for pre-season one year, right? Whammo. And he was whammo, whammo. 
Honestly, he was stacked. Yeah. Genuinely stacked. But honestly, oh, fair, mate, shoulders. He, had this, he, he played in like a preseason friendly and he had a short sleeve Arsenal jersey on, goalkeeper jersey, right? Oof. Biceps were popping. Vainio right there. <laughs> shoulders <laughs> up there in his neck. It was incredible. Claudio Vena. Claudio Vena. <laughs> Boom. Honestly. Insane, insane in the men vein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, okay, right. I think we've covered off like pre-training. I love, I love hearing that stuff. Yeah. And what about it. what about YouTube's? Have you ever met any of the lads that like get the gym bug or anything Stephane like that? Stefan Henchos. Oh my yes. god. Yes. Yes. Oh, about yeah. a minute too late. I don't care. I've got to get it in there. All right. <laughs> no, there's nothing in there. Damn it. Oh, uh, sorry. What was it? I know, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> well, of puns well, now. We haven't even, we haven't even spoke about um, like the players when they come in. What what kind of what do they do? Do they just go and get changed first? All that yeah, kind of so, stuff. So 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 basically, yeah. So a player will come in, and the very first thing that would happen at Watford is there would be a table outside the changing rooms, and it would have everybody's name, and underneath it there would be like a little package, a little parcel of vitamins and minerals and tablets that you need to take. Yeah. So it would be all. So basically, what you do is you'll get you'll get a blood test every three months, for example, and they'll basically test for all the sort of deficiencies of everything, like iron and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so then what they'll do is they'll make sure every single pot is personalised to you so that it brings up your levels of, like, vitamin D and all that kind of stuff so that you'll get it so your body can operate as optimally as it possibly could. So first thing you do is you get that, there'll be a bottle of water waiting for you. Quickly, down Mm -hmm. them, quick as you can, and then you'll get into the change rooms and there'll be somebody there waiting to take your weight. So you jump straight on the scales. Every day? Every single day. You'll jump on the scales. Um, and while he's doing that, he's got his like iPad, basically. And he's like, um, Fuzzy, uh, right, weight. And my weight was always pretty much the same kind of thing. It, there are some some instances of uh, players coming in and being like quite a bit heavier or something. And he's like, oh, good night, was it? I remember Horelio Gomez. Mental, mate, Horelio Gomez came in one one day, right? And he stood on the scales. He was five kilograms heavier than what he was yesterday. Five kilograms, right? And he was like, how? What have you done? What have you been doing? That's a good meal, isn't he it? He was at Lucas Mora's house and he had a pizza night the night before. <laughs> Five, Five kilograms. kilograms, mate. What was on the pizza? My gosh. He was eating pizza on pizza. Defenders. <laughs> it was a joke. Yeah, he was five kilo heavier, right? He managed to lose it in a day or two or whatever because it must have had a lot of fluid and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't drink or anything, by the way. This is just pure food. It was outrageous. Mr. Gomez, if you're watching, please let us know what yeah. was on that piece. Verify it, Gomez. Yeah, I love it, mate. That... It was so funny. He was like, he was holding his belly. He was like, look at it. It's an absolute disgrace, isn't it? Because <laughs> he knew he just had so much food at Lucas Mora's pizza party. Um, so, yeah, then you do your weights. Uh, sorry, then you, yeah, you get your, yourself weighed. That's when he will be asking you questions like, how much sleep did you have last night? Um, was it good quality sleep? All that kind of stuff. How did you feel for training today? Was you stiff after training yesterday? Um, all that kind of stuff. All those kind of general well-being, wellness questions. Um, and then from that moment onwards, you'll, he'll tell you basically if you've got a, like an individual gym program or something. So most of the time it will be everybody in the gym half an hour before training. Yeah. But some players... I've got might be coming back from injuries, might need to rehab an injury, might need to just stay on top of something. It will be, oh, and you've got a gym session at quarter past 10, um, just 15 minutes by yourself, just top up on that. Cool, you know that. That's when, that's when you can go and get changed, head yourself off to the canteen, go and get some breakfast. Fascinating. Wow, that there is fascinating. And what about post-training then? So um, do, does everybody have a rub down? Is that a personal thing? Yeah. Talk, talk to me about post-training. If I was a footballer, I'd get a rub down every day. Every single I day. Love, yeah. I love it. Oil myself. yourself up. Oh, I love it. When we get to play on those um, 
those charity matches, they always bring a masseur. And I'm like one before the game, half time, <laughs> a post-match. It's Come like off a, for 10 it's minutes. It's like during. a treat. Honestly. Like, if you've made it as a footballer, you can get a massage whenever you want. Mas- the masseur will awesome. hate you. I guarantee you. I don't care. Even though I'm you're not. the loveliest man in the world, he will hate you for making him work. Oh, I promise mate. you. I love it. When, um, when, when a new signing comes to a club, right, the masseurs straight away, masseurs, physios, medical department, are asking all the other lads, do you know this player? Yes, I know him. What's he like? He's a good lad. Does he, does he need a lot of like, help? Does, is he high maintenance, basically? Yeah. And that's what they want to know because they want to know if they're going to be working after training, how long they're going to be working, how many rubs they have mm-hmm. to be given. So if somebody comes in, and <clears throat> I'm, I was always fairly low maintenance, so if, when I came into Watford, um, do you have many rubs? or They ask it in a roundabout nice yeah. way. Do you have many rubs or treatment or anything like that? And I was like, no, nah, nothing really. And they're like, that. yes, <laughs> get in there, you little beauty. <laughs> but you do get players who... It's, it's a big thing in the physio department, in the medical department, if you're a young lad and you're coming in the medical department and you're coming for rubs and all that kind of stuff. Because when you're a young lad, having a rub should not be a daily occurrence, yeah? It, is, it shouldn't be. It should be, you should go to the gym to warm yourself up. What they want you to do is they want you to rub them warm, basically, which is ridiculous. But they want you to just, it's, it's like nice and chill for them. They get to lie there, play on their phones, and they just like people rubbing it. It feels fairly it's nice. for recovery, though. The recovery afterwards is a different thing, yeah? But you can do your own recovery. You can foam roll. You can get in the ice bath, in the hot bath. But yeah? Not, yeah, but it's not as nice as a massage, is it? It's not as nice as a massage. Hot, so what's the difference? Right, hot bath, so <laughs> hot, hot cold. and cold treatment yeah. Yeah. therapy, Yeah, right? I don't get this because some are yes into cold and others are no, it's warm. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, it works. I think it works. The what, cold, both? Both, yeah. We, we'll do, we, we, we didn't have a, a hot one. We just had like a, a pool, a treadmill pool, but we definitely had the cold one and a lot of people would use the cold. I would use the cold. Yeah. I love the cold. Really, really good. It's horrible. You'd only be, you only have to stay in for like six minutes, I think it was. Um, your old boy goes inside you. But yeah, it, it does like, shrivel right up. What did it? <laughs> do you ever have have you ever uh, tubes do you ever bought into this like cold showers or any of this Wim Hof stuff I like, love it freeze it. I love would it. you have cold shower in the morning yeah I, I just think it makes you feel good really get yeah. like kickstarts your day yeah good and to go after at, that. My, at my gym there's um outdoor cold pool oh that's like, nice like a plunge pool plunge pool yeah I love it yeah I do like all that kind of stuff I do, I'll try and have a cold great, shower yeah. now I love and then. that I will try and have a cold shower now and then yeah but for recovery purposes I agree with you mate if you get in an ice bath for six minutes Honestly, you could have had the hardest session and it, it does stop yeah. the bleeding of your muscles. Mm. It really, really does help. It really, really does help. But a lot of lads, a lot of lads will just opt for the easy option of getting a massage, which is what annoys physios and masseurs because they know that player can go and foam roll by himself and stretch and ice and all that kind of stuff, but they just want to be lazy and they just want somebody to do it I for them. I think I'd be one of them. Yeah, but if you're it's a young lad... Tra- it's my treat now. If you're a, a young lad, it's a no no. You can't have it if you're a young lad. Well, I'm, an old, I'm players, an old boy, so golden, yeah. mate. You deserve it. <laughs> you deserve it. I've seen you swing a club. You definitely deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, damn right. Stiff yeah. Richards. <laughs> yeah, stiffy Clyro. So, so training will finish, and then basically what happens is, as soon as everybody finishes training, um, there'll be lads that want to go in the gym after training, which is fine. You can go and do that again. It will either be, it will either be a. a instructed thing by the gym instructor or the physio that you have to go and do it because you're keeping on top of an injury or something um, and just making sure it doesn't return or it will be the little gym crew who want to go and smash some weights about chuck them 
get hencho, all that kind of stuff, yeah, and then they'll go and do it after training. You get some do it before, some do it afterwards. It, it makes no odds. But for the lads that don't want to do any of that, it is you'll probably sit in your peg and chat and socialise for half an hour or whatever, um, and then it's shower time, go and get some lunch. And what about nutrition? Like, are you having protein shakes daily or is it depending on your session yeah protein shake every single day but again it's it's very much determined by how intense the session was so if it's a really hard session you'll have more protein powder in your shake than what you would on like a thursday or something because a thursday is an easy day because you're building into the game but earlier in the week they're harder sessions a lot more running a lot more physical you need more protein to replace it um so yeah the, the the protein shake will be based around that. And not only that as well, the food that you get in the canteen. So what they did at Watford was every plate was individually portioned, ready to just take one and go. I was going to ask that. That's what I'm really interested in. It's not like a buffet. Every time I go to a football club and like the the press officer will go, do you want to come for some food? And as soon as he says that, I'm like, yes, I do. I know how good it is. But literally, you know, when you go on like a Friday night or to a Chinese and you just keep going, keep going. Like, I'm yeah, on my fifth, fifth plate. Like That's what I do at a football game. <laughs> I see the salmon, I see the chicken, I want to go, well, I have a bit of that, I'm going to have a bit of that. And I literally go up, like all the players are like... What club does the best food, Jubes? Do you know what? Um, the best hospitality is Man City. Really? Yeah. yeah. When you go there, they're... At, at the Etihad? Yeah, um, at the campus. Oh, really? Yeah. The training ground? Yeah. They are so good. You go there on a Friday, whatever, and they have all these hot dishes for like all the um, media. Yeah, oh, that's nice. That's proper. What about match day? Match day, I only, I only go Chelsea, don't I? Well, well who is it? Um... I, I, I sit with the hardcore and the Matthew Ardner, giving it. Uh, no, you're, you're not from sandwich, are you? Yeah, no. You know your mate, um, Moose, yeah. Ian Abrahams. I always, he's he's big fan of Chelsea, isn't he? Massive fan of Chelsea. Yeah, really, Apparently yeah. Chelsea do. I've done, I've done a corporate uh, um, Chelsea before and it was belting, mate, honestly. The, I've the heard buffet, good. Oh, the buffet. It was just, you, you, you've got the same station, but all the way down the whole lounge. So there's like that, there might be a meat station there, but they've got five different meat stations all the way down. It's incredible. What were you doing at Chelsea? Um, went to watch the last game of the season. Just a good friend of mine was lucky enough to have a spare seat, so I went and watched Chelsea versus Watford um, from the luxury of the corporate area. Oh, lovely, lovely. Very nice. I never um, heard you as a prawn sandwich boy. But uh, but now and then you need to treat yourself. It was lovely. But anyway, to, uh, sorry, going back to the Man City training campus, they've yeah. got a thing there where after training, they all ask for the same food, don't they? They all ask for the Mares pasta. Oh, yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, so they all go in and they will. So he was the first one to ask this. I, was, I think it's dead basic. It's like pasta, friggin' parmesan, maybe a bit of like bacon or something like that. But right. that's literally it. And then everybody cottoned on that this was absolutely belting. So they've coined it as a Mares pasta. So I'll have a Mares pasta, please. Boom, sweet as a nut. Right, there you yeah. go. But some clubs, uh, some clubs like they, they take their nutrition. <clears throat> a bit too seriously. I'd say at Watford, it was a bit too um, just mundane, to be perfectly honest. It's really good food and it's cooked really well, yeah. but there wasn't many sauces. It's not really kind of enjoyable, um, which can work for you and can work against you because when you want the players to come in and eat food and, you know what I mean, re- replenish Rich themselves much, yeah. after a hard training session, you want them to come in. If the food's not up to scratch or appealing enough or enjoyable enough they're going down kfc we'll just go there's a mcdonald's round the corner quite (laughs) literally like two minutes away yeah so that's the worry if you don't make it sort of enticing enough players will just disappear but would there be someone on watch if they did a me for instance because i love all the food at a football club if i kept going it's like hang on ben's gone there four times they have someone working at mackie d's 
Huh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just watching. No, but would they? On a serious note, would, would they go? You've had four plates of food. What are you doing? Yeah, the uh, the nutritionist guy will stand behind the counter with the chef. See the, so he but, will stand there and he'll watch. And I've seen him do it where he's got a little like black book and he's got all the players' names and he's just and he's making a note of what dish we take. So and that's for me. That's, that's intriguing. Yeah, it's intriguing. It's those a little fine, bit like those fine details. It's a little like. bit kind of. Intrusive? Yeah, intrusive, unnerving, really. I don't like the fact that somebody's watching everything that I do. It's a bit weird. So um, you're going out for the ice cream and jelly, like, ooh. Yeah, oh, mate, <laughs> don't have that. This is what I'm saying about the food at Watford. The food at Watford was always just a little bit kind of, to me, it just felt like it was a little bit over the top, um, too professional, too too clean. Too, do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's not enough like enjoyable food. Not enough Rogan Joshes. No, not enough ketchup or cheese or, do you know what I mean? Even ketchup. just stuff mm. like that. Sometimes I think you can have a treat. You can have a treat yeah, day yeah. where, like say on a Monday where it's a really hard session and you are dying a death when you walk off the training pitch. Yeah. I think they're the days where... You want a Gomez pizza. But boom. Yeah. Give me a pizza. Give me <laughs> yeah. a burger. Give, give me some chips. Or a John Artson. What did he have? Mashed potato Mashed sandwich. Mashed potato sandwich. Oh, how good does that sound, that by the way? That sounds rank. That sounds incredible. <laughs> Gravy on it. Oh, well class. And did you have to, you have to like, take change? Do you have to, like, do you have, like, a lunch card or something yeah, where you have, you have to pay? pay? Yeah, you have to pay. Yeah, we have to pay. So at Watford, we paid £100 a month. Um, what for food? For food, which, food, which ain't that bad to be fair. Like if you think that's what three quid a day, just over three quid a day, that's that's all right, isn't it? Blooming hell. Um, but yeah, we we always we, to be fair, I've always had to pay no matter what where about, I was. Really, I was going to yeah. say West Brom, uh, West Brom, um, yeah, Birmingham, West Brom. I can't remember at Man. I think even at Man. Do any of the tight lads? Right, any so of the tight it? lads take loads home? Uh, oh yeah, a lot of the lads take food home with them. Yeah, younger lads, younger lads will take plastic pots like you would not believe you know like the little chinese takeaway plastic yeah. pots yeah they basically <clears throat> because they're they're young they, they they don't know how to cook and not only that the, the the club want them to take it home because they don't want them sitting at home being bored and just getting delivery up they don't want them to do that so they'll be like they will almost tell them you take that home and you eat that tonight so there's always three different options there'll be a fish there'll be a meat it's probably two meats and there'll be a veggie option right They'll set, they'll so the nutritionist will watch this young lad eat eat a chicken for lunch. Yeah? He'll have the chicken dish yeah. for lunch, and then it, as he's about to leave, he'll be like, "Right, you've Here's had the, the chicken, so have the salmon yeah. and take the veggie one with you as well, and have that for dinner." Yeah, don't order delivery, basically. Yeah, <laughs> basically that's how it works. Bizarre. Yeah, I know. But then body. Do you fats, have like lunch cards? No, you just go in and bowl in and get it. Um, body fat. So body fats are still a massive thing in football. Like we have our body fats done once every. What three or four weeks? Three or four weeks. Do you so, know, um, Bielsa at Leeds did it every day. No, he did not. The pinch is that's that when ridiculous. they pinch calipers? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And that I spoke to some of the boys like we love him, but he's mental. We mental. get fat tested every single day. That it's, that's an Italian joke. thing. That is it's Italians are massive on that kind every of stuff. single day. Yeah, they, they 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 fully believe that body fat should be as low as it possibly can. And there's a debate to say that actually that's not the case. You need a, a bit of body fat. Some players need it more than others anyway. Um, but yeah, the the body fats they are they're very random. You don't know when they're coming. You know they're going to be about three or four weeks in between, but they never tell you until you arrive at the training ground, and then they go body fats today, and you go oh no, don't need this. I've had a bad month, all right. Leave yeah. me alone, honestly. What and happens then, if you have you you are over? You so find yeah. So no no no. You put, unless you're drastically over and it's very visible that you've got a bit of a belly on you or something. Yeah. It's it, it's more of a case of once they 
put the numbers through the uh, computer and stuff. They come up with your score. And if it's higher by half a, half a percent or something, it's not the end of the world. If it's more than that, then it's, right, mate, you need to watch what you're eating for the next month and you need to do a little bit more running after training. So there will be... It's a little fat club. They call it the fat club. <laughs> no. They call it the fat club. Yeah, you're in fat club. So if, if you get it's a group... in the corner, all the chubsters like that. Well, mate, that's what it is, yeah. If you get a group of three or four players, which you normally do, that might be over half a percent, you're in the fat club, mate. Have I'm you sorry. in it? No, I have not. Goalies are allowed a bit more. Goalies have always been allowed a bit more. So goalies' body fats have always been, for when I'm playing anyway, my body fat's always been around about the 12% mark, yeah? Yeah. Always. Which is fine for a goalie. It really is absolutely fine for a goalie. Outfield players, they want you in single figures. They want you... So, like, Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson, 4%. Huh? 4% body fat. No. 4%. Not not an ounce of fat on him. Honestly, he is ridiculous. But... Everybody's different. Can we put fair. this into context? Yeah. What would I be? You would be. I don't. I'm not going. No, I'm not going to cry. Twenty thirty odd. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd say the normal. Like same for you. Probably is yeah. that is that's just how it is. You're not professional athletes. No. You don't do it every single day. So that's yeah. just what you'll be. That is put it in perspective. Say thirty yeah. percent. Craig Dawson four percent. So like when you do um, your work, like yeah. golf life. Yeah. You have sausage rolls yeah. for like yeah. Yeah. the review. It's the Belfry like, ones are good, by the way. How yeah. good were the Belfry ones? Sensational. Thick, girthy. Yeah, yeah. real meaty. Yeah, yeah. spicy. Sausage rolls. Oh. 4%. 4%. Yeah, There's some, the, the, I've seen players be lower than that before. Like Gary Cahill will be, I remember Gary Cahill was, I'm pretty sure it was started with the three anyway. Who's he the most was, shredded player you've ever seen? Play Gary Cahill. Cahill. Gary Cahill's a joke. But honestly. I thought, you know, we're talking about getting too big towards his career at Chelsea. Did you see his arms? Did he? I know. Yeah. Yeah. His veins everywhere, mate. Popping. Like, surely he's getting too big. But it's, I think That's why most I of it is because he's just got no fat on him. Oh, so mate, everything is real. so visible. Liam Ridgewell, were... Liam Ridgewell. Liam yeah. Ridgewell was shredded. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely shredded. And he used to eat so much shit. Yeah. He has got the best metabolism I've ever seen. Is, that a, is that a serious thing? Oh, for sure. 100%. You have a good metabolism. He or, would he yeah. would eat a pack of Maryland cookies every single day. Seriously, he would have them in his peg, ready to go, and he would just chomp away on them. His metabolism must be outrageous because he is. When I say shredded, I mean boom, 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 like six pack abs, eight pack like no. everything. Everything. He's Bain's a golfer. Have you had him on? Yeah, he, he plays a bit of golf. He's the yeah. first person ever to come on golf. Like no, absolutely yeah. shredded, mate. Yeah. Mate, but seriously, I can look at like popcorn chicken and put in half a stone. That's what <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. mate. I, I need to work hard. I just don't get it. Like I try so hard in the gym. It's not fair. And then I have like half a whisper and I put on about four and a half stone. No, I'm with you. <laughs> Mm. Um, Brilliant, but okay. yeah. So like when, but then like I said, once once training's finished and everyone's away, this is this is the big worry for football clubs is is that moment they leave the training ground. It's like you're you could be like a hundred million pound asset, yeah. and we are basically trusting you to <laughs> look <laughs> behave, after yourself, yeah. behave. So what happens with like um, so like the young lads and say the foreign lads that maybe don't have families or know a lot of people after training are they kind of like. Does anybody want to hang out or go and get Nando's or anything like that? Yeah, or? genuinely, that is what happens. They will. They'll have, like, if, if you've got a little Spanish community of players, they'll, all the players and wives will get to know each other and they'll all mix and do stuff yeah. like that. Players will go, like, like, say, Spanish, little Spanish group would go to, I don't know, Top Golf or go and play a, a round of golf or something or even just go shopping into London or something like that. They'll stick together with people that they feel comfortable with, which is fair enough to be fair. But yeah, they, they, it's like, 
they probably because they haven't got the family unit around them, the mum and dads and brothers and sisters, yeah, yeah. they they have to go and do that kind of stuff, which is which is cool. You is that why football clubs put like table tennis tables? Exactly, yeah. You know, even that they get absolutely bothered, mate. Yeah, people are on the table tennis like before training. Like I say, some people like to have breakfast and chill and socialise and watch Sky Sports News. Yeah. Some lads like to nail the table tennis or the do pool they? table. Yeah, and it's a proper little school of like it's competition. Yeah, well, when I went to Wolves, when I went to Wolves, like in the gym, they've got an actual um, made-up, dedicated area for football tennis. Oh, okay. Football tennis is like, like an arena. Luton. Who's the Luton manager? Um, uh, Jones. Oh, Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones. Luton, when he took over, they had um, a pool table, uh, sorry, a snooker table. Uh, oh, my God. A table tennis table. And literally all day, every day, all the lads wanted to do was play Table tennis all day. Like it was, it consumed everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it consumed them so much so that players weren't doing gym work. Yeah. Late for training. Yeah. Running in off the training ground because they wanted to play table tennis. I right. Love it. it was ridiculous, apparently, how, how much it's consumed the whole squad. Yeah. So much so that he saw it after coming in and he was like, not having this. Took it out to one of the pitches, set fire to it. No. <laughs> Burnt the thing. No. Got rid of it. Nathan Jones, you've been rid gone too long. Yeah, because it was just, it was all consuming, this table tennis table. You was. had a, um, wasn't it Wrexham when you and the lads had it? Was it Wrexham oh, you used yeah. to play a lot? Yeah, a lot of table tennis. Who was it the does. lad that used to batter you? Juan Ugate. Juan Ugate. What a baller, mate. I mean, a table tennis baller. Yeah. He was outrageous, mate. Could he, he beat you at stick golf, though? No chance on this earth, mate. <laughs> me and, me and sorry, Craig Kaff got... Oh, no, no. <laughs> Top two ranked players in the world. What'd you do it for, oh, mate? I love it when he gets serious about it. Oh, my God. Manu Gatte, five, yeah. five in a game he scored? Five in a game, yeah. What a play against... Um, might have been Huddersfield or something like that back in the day. Manu okay. Gatte. Right, let's move on. Night before a match. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about the temptations. Yeah. So there's 25 blokes in a hotel away at, I don't know, Leeds. What are you doing in the hotel? Okay, so um, dinner is normally about 7.30 or 8 o'clock. You will, basically, everybody gets down there about five, ten minutes early. You're sitting there, blah, blah, watching a bit of thing. Hopefully there's a Friday night game on or something like that so you can sit and watch it. Um, have your dinner and then I'd say it's a, it's about a 50-50 mix. 50% of the players will take sort of like a snack for later on and they'll take it back to the room and that's it, they're done. You're not seeing them again for the rest of the night. Cool, that's how they like to get ready. Um, but I'd say half of the players like to stay down, either in like the communal area, by the coffee machine, even in the canteen, watch the football. Um, you get little card schools, like we might take a poker set with us or something and have a little game of cards between four or five of us or something. That was quite common. We did that at Watford. Uh, we'd, have a little, we'd have a little game of poker or something. Um, but yeah, it's very, it is very individual as to what you would do the night before the game. It's, it's like I say, a lot of the lads just like to disappear. They like to get away from it, go and put Netflix on, all that kind of stuff and just, you know, proper chill out. Is it boring? Um, I actually really liked it. I love my own company. I do. I love it. I love, so I, but I would always be with the lads anyway right. and like just chatting and all that kind of stuff. But even if none of the lads really want to do that that night for some reason. They might just all be tired or whatever. Um, no, I'm more than happy to go and stick Netflix on and just, like I say, sloth on my bed all night. Fair yeah, enough. beautiful. What about so, talking about beds and stuff? Elite level athletes, right? Small percentages count. What about, has it ever been com commonplace in a football club you've been at where they look at the temperature of the rooms that you're sleeping in or the mattresses? Because... If you're sleeping at home four or five nights a week, surely you don't want to go into a, into a hotel where you go, that mattress is way too firm for me. 
What, what, what are you guys like when you stay in a hotel? Do you like, do you, can you just sleep on any beds? I'm pretty good, yeah. You're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I am, but it's different. Good. But then I'm, again, I'm not, we're not professional football. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's still the same sort of thing. It doesn't matter if you're a professional football or not. If you struggle to sleep on a different bed, you struggle to sleep yeah, on a different if, bed, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but it True. might be bad for your. Back or something. But if yeah, I wake like up in the morning and I'm stiff, stiff, it doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter so much. Yeah, true. What about so no, I'm I'm same as you choose. I can sleep on anything, mate. Honestly, if I if I put my head down on this sofa yeah, tonight, would, I would yeah. sleep from the moment I went to bed until like yeah, me too. seven in the morning or whatever it is. I am I am so good at sleeping. Um, but no, taking taking beds away to away games and um, having different mattresses, temperature of room. Everybody's just left to their own devices. No, you don't get any special treatment like that. Really? I remember, I remember when I was at Man United. Actually, they had um, they they agreed a sponsorship deal with um, a bed company called Sleep Number. Yeah, so this this company basically sponsored Man United. They went to every individual player and said, right, we'll replace your bed at home with our sleep bed. Yeah, it was basically you that you that you would lie in your bed. And the, there would be somebody plugged, like they'd have a computer plugged into it and stuff like that. And they'd monitor all like the pressure of where your body is and where it's, you sleep and what your best position is and all that kind of stuff, right? And they'd come up with a magic number between zero and 100. And it was an air pressure bed, yeah? And they would come up between with a magic number that was your optimal number yeah. for having the best night's sleep possible, comfiest, all that kind of stuff. And so they would do it with every single player and they'd be like, Ben, your sleep number is 74, Air pressure, yeah. so it'd be so it'd be like three quarters full, and then they'd give him a pressure. pump. Yeah, yeah, they'd pump me off. Yeah, <laughs> pump me up. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so that's what they do. But that that was pretty cool to be fair. And they were like ten grand beds or something. They were super expensive, really, really expensive. Um, and they did that for every single player. But no, I've never, I haven't been at a football club because they do this in like America and like mm. with the basketball teams and stuff like that because they're always on the road. Yeah, they'll have a specialist trailer that follows them around with everybody's bed. And they will take, they'll check into a hotel and they will put the bed in their room, ready for them, all set up, good to go. Mad. That's crazy. I've got a question. So um, in terms of like fueling for a match, and this is always one I've really wondered, because if you're going out and doing a marathon or someone's doing a hundred mile bike ride, that carb loading thing is a thing because your body will have what, 60, 90 minutes of like glycogen energy. With a football match, it's obviously 90 minutes. That kind of, doesn't that sit in a bit of a zone where it's like, do you have to carb load or is it a kind of sugar hit rather than like slow releasing carbs? No, no, no. You've got to have the carbs as well because it's not just 90 minutes, is it? You've got to think the full match is probably about 100 minutes and then you have about a 45 minute warm up yeah. as well. Um, so you, you're talking the best part of two and a half hours, really, okay. of where you're going to be on your feet and you're going to be moving about and stuff like that. So carb loading is a thing. You've got to do it. So normally starts on a, on a Thursday, probably. Thursday, you'll start to take a few more carbs. And Friday, you'll muller it. Saturday morning, you wake up. If it's a three o'clock kickoff, for example, you'll have your pre-match meal three hours before kickoff. Um, and that's the bit where you will have your pasta or your jacket potato or whatever it is, spaghetti bolognese kind of thing. That's when you nail it in. And then... As you get to the game, you will start to take like caffeine shots, um, jowls. To boost your energy. To boost your energy. Jamie Vardy. Yeah, Jamie Bosh. Vardy, Red, Red Bull, Bull, neck that bad boy. Yeah. Um, but that works for Jamie Vardy. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? There's no, like, if that works for Jamie Vardy, I guarantee you everybody at Leicester, everybody on the medical staff, whatever, will just go, leave Jamie Vardy to it. Yeah, He knows what he needs. But if a youngster, if, a young, if it wasn't Jamie Vardy and it was a youngster just coming through the ranks, he started doing that, wouldn't they say, what are you doing? They would they would say, um, yeah, you, this is it's not necessarily the wrong way to do it, but there are 
better ways that if you start doing it now, yeah. you'll do it for the rest of your career. Yeah. Right. But I'd say with with certain players, they have certain things that they just need to do yeah. just for their mental state. They need to. It's like a checkbox of things. Once they've done all the little things, they're good to go in the match. So a lot of the lot of the time on a match day, staff, medical staff, all that kind, of, they don't want to interfere too much. They'll put everything out there that players will need, and they kind of just leave the players to go and grab what they want when they want it. Fair enough. Yeah. Why is it that players that don't play, you always see them doing doggies? After the game, so um, what? Why? A lot of the time is it, it. It will depend if, if for example, you've just won, yeah, and the manager says, right, last Sunday off, yeah, which is the best feeling in the world, by the way. When the manager says Sunday off, yeah, off every it's like a roar, yeah, everybody's buzzing their tree off. Um, so if that, if you're having the Sunday off, the lads who have played don't need to do any more work. You are done, lads. Just recover now. It's literally a recovery thing. But for the lads that haven't played or might have come on and only played half an hour, they've let they basically spent the whole day doing nothing. So they'll have carb loaded like everybody else. Yeah. yeah. They'll have took on loads of sugar, caffeine, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And it will just be stodging on them, sitting in their belly. Right. Yeah. So, so this is why release. they have to go and do, and not only that, they've got a day off tomorrow as well. So most of the time when lads have a day off, they don't do any exercise. They're chilling. They're not family time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough as well. So they need to know that the players have done some exercise. So that's why you see them running. And it's they're brutal sessions as well. You know, they, I've they're, seen, I've they're, seen. they're normally only about 20 minutes, half an hour they max. The full pitch. Oh bang, gosh. Bang, bang, the amount bang. of times these players, the lads that have been on the sub bench and stuff, and even like the lads that have been in the stand, yeah. not in the match day squad, they'll have to do it as well. They they come in after this 20 minutes, half an hour. Whoa. So what happens if they come on in the last 10 minutes? Yeah, yeah they, they, still they, they still do it. They still do it. What about if it's the last 25 minutes? Half an hour. If if you do more than half an hour, you won't have to do the run. If you do half an hour. So most subs come on at 60 minutes, don't they? Yeah. Anybody that comes on from that moment on still has to run. And isn't that right with uh, tangent here? But you know, like an appearance fee. Yeah. Um, I think this gets mis- misconstrued in that people think that if you come on on the 87th minute, you get an appearance fee. Yeah. But isn't that done on time on the pitch as well? Yeah. there are certain, Everyone's different. Every club is completely different where you'll get 100% of the bonus if you start the game. You'll get like 50% of the bonus if you come on as a sub. Right. And then you'll get like, I don't know, 20% of the bonus if you come on like in the last 10 minutes, ten minutes yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's all structured on how long you play. But if you come on in the 94th minute, you're still getting some kind of bonus. Oh, you're still getting some bonus. Even the players on the bench that don't come on will still get some sort of bonus. It could only be 10% of, of the win bonus or whatever. And even the guy sat in the stand, yeah? yeah? Because he's had to do the same as everybody else. He's had to travel the day before. He's had to be part of the squad, attend all the meetings, all that kind of stuff he will still get a very small percentage of the win bonus, which is which is cool, to be fair. A right, lot of people yeah. don't like the fact that players get win bonuses full stop, to be fair, because nowadays wages are absolutely outrageous. Yeah, but that's up to the club, isn't it? They, they will wanna... never disappear, mate. Yeah. Win bonuses will never, ever disappear. So when you walk into the changing room after the game, let's say you've won two now or something, so you walk into the changing room after the game, what happens? Uh, we've won, yeah. We've just yep. won the game. One two nil. Everyone's you've, buzzing. You've, you've saved a um, last minute peno as well. Mate, it's not about personal glories, all right. It's about the team. Yeah? <laughs> I'm doing this for the team. Yeah, right? sure I don't like care that. if, as long as the manager says we got a day off tomorrow, mm-hmm. it might even be two days off. Is that is how big a thing is that? That is the currency of football. Yeah, is it? It's the gold. <laughs> that big. That is the best thing that you could possibly do. You could say I'll give you thousands of pounds, lads. And we'd go, yeah, brilliant. I've got shitloads of money anyway. It's not a problem. <laughs> but if you say, I'll give you two days off, whoa. So, to the, so if you've won and you've had a good week training, you've worn pressures off in the league or something, yeah. 
do, you, do all the players kind of anticipate in that conversation where the manager's going, oh, is everyone nudging each other? And... Yeah, so this is where the manager will be doing his team tour. Lads, brilliant. Oh, top class today. You two a man, fighting, spirit, all that kind of stuff. This is where you'll get the captain, yeah. the senior lads going, Two days off. <laughs> oh, do they? Two days off, yeah? Two days and then During his team goes, talk. Two days off, yeah. yeah. During, like, towards the end of yeah. his team talk. Kind of, two days off, yeah? And then, yeah, so that's how it'll go. And then hopefully he might hear it and kind of smile and everyone will go, Ooh. and we've been there a few times where he's, he's gone either way and he's gone, two days off. And then it's like, way. And then literally a second that happens, music goes on. Boom, everybody's jumping around. This Arono comes oh, out. Oh, God. So what happens if he, he goes... No, I'll see you in the morning. Boo. Is it? Is it? If we ain't getting one day off and we haven't got a game for a week, it is a boo. But wasn't that the start of um, Abamyang falling out with Arteta? Was it? He in wanted the... extra days off. Well, he, did, he started day. doing that, going two days off. And you could see Arteta just absolutely... They just lost 4-0. Yeah. Yeah. But they obviously won. But, like, <laughs> but he was going two days off. I'm sure in the documentary... And they showed it, and yeah, Arteta was like, like that, yeah. Mm. But, but he's, he's like, like, yeah, okay. Like, Arteta's like a modern manager, isn't he? He's like a real modern manager who he's got his his like way of doing things, and he'll he'll have the month mapped out. He'll yeah. have the month of like training schedules mapped out, and it will do, be done to an inch of its life. So, an out of the blue day off. Oh, Mate, he, he so like, I guarantee you he's that kind of guy that wouldn't be able to process that as a person. Mate, he did, like, it looked like he what? couldn't. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just chuck a... Uh, that's yeah. piss the system exactly up. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Um, no, th- there you go, lads. That was, that was Bouting. See Mate, how long I, you can talk about the day in the life of a footballer we've, for. We've Mate. not covered about 20 things off here, so we'll have to have a part We'll part have a part two, two then. Boom, that was lads. so good. Isn't it? I love that. You know what's got to come back as well? Football fights part three. Our football fights oh, yeah. part so three, funny. lads. We got to do a World Cup edition. Fight, World Cup edition. There we so, go, uh, Ski. I also want to pick our f- best England team ever. All right, we'll do that okay. as well. Okay, best England team ever. Yeah. So you're 40, 39, 38. We pick it. Italian 90 is our first one. I oh, lads, remember. World Cup's coming up. We got so much content. Yeah. We'll pick. We've got to do an England podcast about the, the team that's got to be selected, the starting 11, man yeah. all time starting 11. I like oh, iconic yes. England moments. Talking about the most iconic Beautiful. England moments. Content for days. Um, right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. And I've got to say as well, before I go, um, we were in Philadelphia last year, uh, sorry, last week, uh, with Premier League and Nike. And the amount of American listeners we have out there who came up to us Big and up. said, love the podcast, love the channel, all that kind of stuff. Honestly, it was mind-blowing. So thank you for all your love. We had Tim Howard on last week. Captain America, what a guy. Um, in the meantime, thanks for all your support, and we will see you soon. Up the Fozcast. Up the Fozcast. Up the Fozcast. Go on, the boys. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Fozcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify. Up the Fozcast. Up the Fozcast.